0: You're listening to The Bunker New York live on Red Bull Radio.
1: Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. I'm your host Brian Kasnick. I'm in the studio today with More Elian who is going to play music for us for the next 2 hours with break in the middle for an interview as usual. And with that, we're going to get right into the mix with more here. You're listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. We're To Red Bull Radio. Hello, you're listening to the Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. I'm your host Brian Kasnick and we've been in the mix with More Elion. Thank you for joining us.
0: Hi, thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, very cool set there. Thank you. Um, I don't know. Should we? Should Did we
0: Shazam the entire thing?
1: No, I didn't. We have, as you know, as <laughs> you know we kidding. have our special <laughs> software. We know everything you've played. Um,
0: do you sh- do you ever Shazam?
1: I don't have it on my phone no.
0: Oh, wow. That's very purist.
1: <laughs> I did at one point I had Shazam I on never, my phone. I should never have
0: asked you that. I shouldn't have put you on the spot like that. No, cuz I do, I'll admit. I ha- no
1: I had it and the first four or five times I tried it it didn't work and then at some <laughs> point I got a new phone and didn't put it on and Right. Yeah, that's my history with Shazam.
0: Okay.
1: Um so speaking of history, should we start where you start? You you started in uh, Israel, yeah. Yeah. Born and raised.
0: Born in Israel, uh, in, in Tel Aviv. Born and raised in Tel Aviv, and then um, moved to. Uh, in my teens, I moved to the States to LA and lived there for a while, and then I moved to Berlin three and a half years ago. Okay. Yeah,
1: so when when were you in which city were you first kind of exposed to electronic music and
0: in Tel Aviv? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, cuz it's um, it's like second nature there uh, electronic music and we were just talking about how they're playing techno in my mitzvah. Yeah <laughs> <So. laughs> um, Yeah, we had like a DJ and like it was raging Um, like smoke machine and lights and everything. Right. I have a video somewhere, but I'm kind of anxious to watch it because I don't want to be embarrassed by myself.
1: Oh, that sounds kind of amazing. I want (laughs) to see that
0: video. (laughs) Yeah, and I totally like didn't dress like a 12 year old, which is like I was like, who allowed me to dress like this? This is like really Kardashian. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, not not in like the you know not like really cheesy but just like not appropriate for a 12 year old
1: right so aside from the music at the bar mitzvahs were you like exposed to going out to clubs and things yeah or were you too young
0: no no i mean um i was basically like couldn't wait until like i was dreaming and fantasizing about going to clubs because that's what everyone was doing that was older and we had, you know, like the culture was really around uh, raves and, you know, and like the late 90s and stuff like that. So when I was old enough, we had like kids clubs. Um, so I would go and, uh, and you know, they would have a bus that would take us there. There wasn't wouldn't be any alcohol. And it was it's like like l- 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 very dark, kind of grimy clubs. Like, like the same clubs that we would go now, it was like there but, but for without kids. alcohol yeah and there would be kids and we would just kind of dance for a bit and goof around and go back home so this on, is on a bus so this last is kind bus of always a
1: part of your culture and what you've yeah. been doing your whole life
0: yeah i think that i was like romanticizing the idea of being like into the rave scene and like because i grew up on it and they were really it was really in the culture like movies like hackers and train spotting and it's like i really love that i wanted to be part of it
1: right so when did you go from being a kid at the kitty rave to wanting to be a DJ and take things so, to like get more involved <laughs> and take things to that level?
0: The kitty rave. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like the raves in LA though, with the candy, it was like completely different. It was, yeah, yeah. It was like, I think I uh, get it. Uh, yeah, but it was, we, I we mean, it was different times too. Yeah. yeah, well. yeah. Um, I, well, I booked a DJ for my 10th birthday, no 11th, uh, fifth grade. And, um, now I was like, I'm going to be the first one to do it. <laughs> so I did it and every, and a lot of people followed through and like everyone then started booking DJs and there were a couple of DJs that everyone would book because no one really knew how to book. But leading up to my birthday, I would call the guy and be like, can you play this? And there'll be a song on the radio and I'll put it on and I'd be like, can you play this? And it was like, you know, Robin Miles, like children or something like that. <laughs> um... Or some like big trance tune from like or whatever like Orbital, or whatever was on MTV. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was so cool and and like uh, underground or whatever. <laughs> I didn't even know what underground was back then. Um. But yeah. And then I now looking back, I I remember that after that and all the other kids' birthday that they started inviting DJ, I would stand next to the DJ the entire party because I would. Want to see what he's doing, or kind of like be involved in what he was doing, and right. and that was like 11, 12. So I was, I just thought I was the most interesting person in the room, and we just hang out and be like oh and he played this tune and played this and like you know so I was like really into it and now it all makes sense i was like oh wow i was so obsessed with the dj's and the and those birthday parties as a kid you know you go to these birthday parties friday afternoon at like 7 right. and they end at 10 you know? <laughs> and you eat some like like crisps and you eat some birthday cake and you go home it's like it's like nothing it's like a, like instead of a clown you have a dj you right. know um yeah, and then uh, and then the, the rave started, and then and then something really weird happened with electronic music. It just got really gotten gotten bad, <laughs> or at least for what I reached me, it just kind of got like really prog and.
1: What year was this? This
0: is like early, like late, like early two thousands. It was just for me. This is what I was the output I was seeing. It was just right. got, got got really kind of weird and proggy and. And uh, none of the cool kids really were into it anymore. So until 15 I was into the club scene and then after that I started going into more of like the, you know, edges like drum and bass or even dub and reggae who kind of, you know, seeped into electronic music in a way or dance hall (laughs) to be honest. And I would go to that kind of those kind of parties. And, uh, yeah, not really techno in-house sometimes I would, like, my sisters would still go, so I would, when they were, they were already moved out of our house, one lived in Japan, one lived in the States, so when they would come visit, I would join them and their friends, and go to those clubs again, but, you know, wasn't really as much into it, it was kind of like, you know, I worked at the door at a few of them, because their friends were, stuff, stuff like that, I don't know, so much stuff happened. right. Yeah. And then when I moved to the States, I totally like fell off of the electronic music wagon. I mean, kind wagon. <laughs> like I was more into bands and weird bands. And, you know, this is like, again, early 2000s, kind of when I moved to the States.
1: Right. And you moved right to L.A.
0: Yeah. And I mean, when I was visiting my sister in L.A., we, we, she took me to a few trance parties. I didn't like it.
1: You didn't like trance parties I, in never LA. I, trans trans in <laughs> I never liked trance in Israel. I never liked
0: trance in the States. So why would I like trance now? I just, we don't mingle. We are like oil and water, you know? We just like, we don't fit. Whatever. Like, yeah. people can play it. I don't care. I'll just walk away. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, some, some trance is good. Like, the early stuff, you know, it's good. Like, some, I don't know, like... There's some cool tr- early trance. I shouldn't talk. I should, really shouldn't talk shit about trance.
1: No, do it. Go for it. Hate me for it. Let it rip. This. Who's gonna hate you for this?
0: I don't I really don't like that all these people, <laughs> like, only are familiar with electronic music for five or ten years, are like thinking that Psytrance is cool. Psytrance trance is never. It was never cool. It was all the crusty people's music, like crusty clowns. You know, like it was like all the uncool people liked psytrance. You know, like none of the cool people liked it. It was like it was like drug music. It's not it's like definitely it's soulless. That. You know, sorry, but I have someone has to say it. So it's not ironic and it's not cool to play it.
1: Yeah, you know I mean it's not really being played. It's a t- that's a I mean it's still <laughs> very very much around, but that's a totally. Some people Uh, like it. They think it's
0: like so ironic to play side trans. You know, it's not.
1: (laughs) Are you hearing side at like festivals and events you're playing at now?
0: No, or like more in videos. Okay. Yeah. But like, I would be like, whoa, that's a cringy trans tune. Like that, like literally no one cool ever liked it back then. So it's not like circling back from the cool scene. It's like, it's just people lost. Like people are trying to be different. Right. Everyone's trying to have a different voice these days because there's so many DJs, so everyone's trying to be like, how can I be as different and cool and like make this ironic? And it's like, I don't know. People are maybe gonna think I'm a jerk saying all these things. But I don't, I don't care. Like, I, I, I'm passionate about this, you know? Hey, let it rip. <laughs> you hate trance? I mean, I don't hate trance. I mean, <laughs> the, like I said, there's really cool early stuff, like my fa- my friend Buana. He's really into trance. And he digs some really cool stuff. Like, I love it. Like, he's like, he's a digger. He really, he he goes in, you know. He's not on the surface. And he'll say, like, some people play really on the surface stuff. I really dig. And yeah. I, I love this. He, he, he play, He's playing really legit stuff. Like, I don't know. It's like, not like Digwit and Sasha. But it's like other, you know, like, they were doing some more prog stuff. But, yeah, I mean, there's some, some really cool stuff there that, you know, like, early Digwit is cool. Like, the stuff he was doing. Like, right. there's some really cool stuff there.
1: Well, moving on from trance. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! After what? you went to the trance, I'm
0: all gonna get, lay in bed tonight and really regret this and the have trance, so much. The anxiety. trance underground is gonna and come have for you. So much anxiety about this, and all the hipsters on Twitter are gonna hate me. Um, so <laughs> you got to LA,
1: <laughs> and oh my god! <laughs> Once you went to a couple of horrible trance parties. Yeah, uh, I
0: went and I tried, but you know, I would just smoke some weed and fall asleep in the tent. Like, that's what would happen. I tried, I really fucking, I'm sorry, I should say it
1: word. Yeah, you can say it. You can drop oh, yeah, really the f I really tried.
0: I took acid once and I fell asleep. Like, I just kept falling asleep in the tent. Like, it was like not working out. I tried. <laughs> I really tried, you know? And, uh, and it didn't work out. But, you know, I'm more of like a... Drum and bass, jungle, dub, dance hall. That's when, when things kind of went bad for techno and house. or went like kind of really underground where I couldn't see a reach. Right. I went to those places. And then when it, or IDM, I loved IDM and like really complex stuff. And
1: Right. So this is what, like early, mid 2000s? Yeah,
0: exactly. And then around 2009, so I had a few of those years. And around 2009, I got into minimal so i was like this is you know i went to berlin i was like oh my god like i forgot about this <laughs> so cool <laughs> and i was like oh my god like bar 25 <laughs> <You know? laughs> and it was cool that shit was really cool
1: it was a scene for yeah sure. it was
0: a scene and i got into it and i started playing it but it wasn't really good at, um it wasn't really when I started DJing, I was, uh, to be fair, I was playing a lot of like Italo disco and rare rare stuff, and mixing all kinds of, you know, like all kinds of different African music and high life stuff like that. And uh, it was just kind of more of a selector, I guess. But I was like, yeah, I'm DJing,
2: you know. Right.
0: Um, and then I, uh, that was like 2008, nine. And then I got into more minimal, so I went back to playing more electronic music. And then I went to house and techno, and house and techno. And here I am.
1: Right. So when, uh, how long after you got to L.A. did, we should definitely talk about Into the Woods. Uh, I guess, first of all, what is Into the Woods for people who are unfamiliar?
0: Well, Jimmy called. Jimmy Mejeras is my uh, partner in the party. And uh, it started really organically where we were like, we really need to book blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I want to, and blah, blah, also blah, blah should come play and uh and then it's just kind of was like okay let's get the date let's call the agent blah blah, blah. and i was like what, what are we doing oh my god we're doing a party and then he was he had a label called into the woods so just naturally i allowed him to continue with his brand it didn't really i didn't really need had had a need to have a, my own become a separate brand or my own brand right i was happily ha- um i was really happy with him continuing what he was doing so uh so we've started that and um it was when i was still pretty actively li- living in berlin and um and in la and uh the first few parties we did together and they went really great really fast and then now remotely we booked together but obviously he has a lot more of say because he's there and he has to do all the legwork and i'm just you know emailing and saying yes now yes now oh all my right. god Tell him to so have do fun. you
1: do you go to <laughs> LA for some of the parties? Or? Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Like some of the parties, I would plan around and go. Now I'm much less able because I got to pay the bills, so I can't just fly to Berlin if I get got gigs in in Europe. I got to do these gigs. Um, but yeah, I love into the woods. I love what we're doing. We have a really, um, we're really big about booking um, people that are you know like older heads that need to be heard and not just the new cool trendy names like we really not into that obviously we want to book new people but it's really important to keep booking the people that have has been doing this for a long time like a lot of detroit guys a lot of chicago and right new york you yeah. know so we did a like you know we did the bunker parties and we you know we we love. Doing that, you know, real, like real scenes and collectives that have been doing amazing work for a long time and need to, you know, be represented. So we want to represent these people. And at the same time, oh, you know, we want to bring new names. So obviously, a lot of other promoters love booking the fresh, new, trendy talent, but we like to mix it up. Right. Really care about booking people of color. And women, obviously. I know it's like, sounds like like everyone's saying these slogans now, but you know, it's important. It was important
1: to you from the start.
0: Yeah, without it being so in the forefront, it's more about the music. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Did you have an easy time? Oh my God, I said that. (laughs) Did you have an easy time finding your audience in LA? Like getting people to support and come out Uh, to the parties and.
0: Yeah, maybe because we're not in our early 20s and a lot of the people that are like around our age or uh, older, they don't really go out anymore unless they're really, really into it. Right. So it's harder to gather a new, fresh scene around something if you're not, if not everyone around you is in that same zeitgeist.
2: Right. You understand what I'm
0: saying? Yeah. So if you're... Young and all your friends are getting into this new genre or whatever, then you can draw a lot of, you know, people just got out of college or whatever. Um, so we you know, we didn't we created something that for me, I think is more sustainable because a lot of people get into something for a couple of years and then move on. Yeah, uh, yeah,
1: you see that a lot in electronic music scenes. Yeah. I guess all music scenes it just yeah. happens. People up and grow down, out of it. up
0: and down, five year cycle, whatever, you yeah. know. So um yeah, we're drawing from everywhere. And when we were promoting, we also wanted to really promote uh, into other communities, not just like the LA East Side hipster community. We wanted to promote to the west side and you know, people that love like house heads from you know they've been into it from the 90s and drawing from everywhere and not just something trendy right and more sustainable basically
1: yeah i think even though we've done a bunch of radio shows in la i don't i think you're the first person i've had on who's actually produced events in la yeah and i know there's a lot of unique challenges to doing things there uh that maybe a lot of our listeners don't know about so you maybe want to speak to some of that uh yeah. Like the difficulties of making things happen specifically in Los Angeles.
0: Yeah, I mean, we don't have any... First of all, our liquor license is 2 a.m. So that, you know, you're just getting warmed up. And
1: yeah, so any legal, any legal venue right yeah. off the bat is...
0: Yeah, and the venues that we have are just simply not really accommodating for the sort of vision that we have. They're, they're just... There isn't many... I mean, there's lots 613, but it's huge. You don't have... You in New York, the amounts of clubs that you have that are legit, that you can have a great party at with this like mindset that we have. <clears throat> I won't say infinite, but it's abundant.
1: Well, it's... You know, that's actually... A new-ish thing. Yeah, i like Five, noticed. five yeah. six years ago, there were events happening and events happening in legal spaces, but there were very, very few clubs that were dedicated to, you know, having a party. And if they were, the music was top 40, hip-hop, maybe trance. I mean, yeah. it's really just yeah. in the past, yeah, like yeah. five, six years that we've... Yeah and it's really picking up recently where we have these legal spaces that actually want to book want to book cool music and mm. want to you know set up proper sound so yeah uh, why do you think that doesn't exist in LA
0: It's the temperament of the city it's not it doesn't have the same edge it has an edge but it's a different edge um it is like la- i mean Everyone's just a little happier because the weather's better. <laughs> so when so you're happy, you push artistically. You push less when you're happier. That's what. So that's my. I came to that conclusion. Why in cold city or cities with tougher um, winter, the art, you know, the creative cr- people pushing creativity a little further. I'm not sure. Or darker into darker places and. Oh
1: well, yeah, it makes sense.
0: And I feel like. Not pushing the cre- more creativity. So much creativity is, uh, stemming from LA. It's an it's a false statement. But what I'm saying is that rave is a dark concept. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? In my can be
1: yeah. Uh, sure. I mean,
0: it's not a dark concept, but it's a bit people that have a lot of stuff bottling in them, and you know, like I feel like a lot of people in the scene have a lot of, you know stuff to work through and they're very sensitive (laughs) souls
1: y'all have issues
0: yeah so i think that's why we're drawn into this kind of you know music together you don't see many very happy people in techno oh man (laughs) i'm I'm joking i'm joking i totally made that a joke i was like i should say that Uh, (laughs) no i think that and and that's and that kind of place maybe comes out more in like places where you have a little bit more of a urban feeling and so that's why there's more room for it here I mean surely great house music came like Doc Martin and everyone and in LA but you can't compare it to the New York scene like it they what they did in LA was amazing but in New York right house and techno 90 80s 90s stuff like you know the, the disco whatever it was they but this is kind of happy <laughs> they pushed it a little further a lot further the club scene in general yeah i don't know so there's it's not like, like this rich that, history it's something that i con- i'm just still contemplating why here and not there it, infrastructure um the way it's built the city it's less easy to travel um just a, the temperament of the people that are attracted is like more a beach lifestyle in beach city, cities in general you see less of a club scene you yeah, know?
1: I mean, for me as an outsider in LA, it just seems like being going to the events that I've been to there. Like, there does seem to be a really deep interest in a lot of people yeah, who, yeah. who do want to have these kind of experiences. So it's always seemed strange to me that it's not starting to pop with venues and But how I don't I know.
0: I don't know how committed they are to it.
1: Right. It's they just like a thing—a a thing to do on Friday night, but not a
0: Lifestyle. direction
1: to take their life in and invest their money in opening a club. I mean, there, or something there like. are.
0: I mean, there it. I, of course they exist you can find these people anywhere it's a, LA is a huge city but if you look at it compared to London New York Berlin places with like tough winters and are a lot more urban or like uh, landscapes you know and and you know like uh, structures it's it's you, it's much less this percentage is very small
1: Wow. Huh.
0: I mean, it's still great. I don't know. Am I talking shit about L.A.? No. I just think that it's like... No,
1: it's a, it's an interesting perspective you have here.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, it's just... I might be wrong. I invite everyone to to tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Or offer me another perspective and correct me or... you know? Right. Yeah.
1: So, not to move too far ahead too fast, but <laughs> you eventually... You were in L.A. for 10 years and then moved to Berlin. Yeah. Um, and at that point, what... Did you move to Berlin Why, obviously into the woods had started at that point was it hard to leave that behind or what what factored into your decision yeah, to Yeah it was really hard but
0: um but I already had it in mind for a long time and I was re- waiting for the right moment to do it and felt kind of like okay this is the time to do it and um I felt like I've done I've gotten from L, have done as as far as I could I've went as far as I could with myself in LA um, and not that I and I knew that I couldn't continue doing Into the Woods but I just felt like I needed to try a different thing to see how much I can get further within myself so I wanted to try a different type of life Berlin is the, the complete opposite of LA lifestyle wise
1: yeah, so. is, is,
0: everything's different uh, and it was an adjustment and it still is an adjustment like a lot of times I think about oh, I miss LA but because I love LA, I'm really in love with LA. Yeah. Um, but. And you've got to eat that food in Berlin. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I started cooking more, which is positive. Um, I cook every day. Um, I didn't do that in LA. I would just get something to go and keep going in my car. Yeah. Sit In the car and eat my poke bowl. You know. <laughs> yeah. LA is really, really good
1: at really delicious and also inexpensive food. Yeah. Like almost more so than just about any. Yeah, i have been in
0: yeah but um i i just wanted to see i felt like that was my 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 point to like try something different i was like well i'm gonna get i'm only getting older so let me just try to do this while i'm still young and i don't have a family and like i'm not as i can un- untie myself from what i'm doing i'm not too committed to this place right so that's why i did it and also music was a factor. Um, I didn't want to move to Israel so Berlin was a compromise uh, it's a cheap place I had friends there so many different factors right health care I really wanted health care I was like I'm I'm ready to have health care <laughs>
1: yeah hard to get in the U.S.
0: yeah I was like when also when a woman you're getting older you need to think about these things like we have a lot of stuff to check out all the time yeah so you'd want to be like safe you know
1: Right. Was um, was this around the time that your international touring was starting to pick up, or did that happen after you moved to Berlin?
0: Um, it happened. Uh, I had one, my first request was from Turkey, from a guy that um, did RBMA. His name is Ali, and uh, he um, saw me uh, doing Boiler Room on DubLab. which is the I had a radio show on DubLab. Uh, And then he was like, you should come play in uh, Turkey and Istanbul. So I went there, and then six months later, I moved to the States. But um, it took, I yeah, I obviously moved into Berlin with my first record. I moved right when I put out my first record and slowly got gigs, but it was a very slow process. It's not like I put a record on and got a bunch of gigs.
1: Yeah, no, it doesn't usually... (laughs) As a,
0: I thought it would another
1: <laughs> record label owner. <laughs> I if was, only it were that easy. But at this at this point, you have what seven or eight records? Eight out? records. Yeah, on a bunch of different labels, which is cool.
0: Yeah, because it's hard to keep releasing on the same one. Yeah, it was out of necessity. I like all the record labels, but Sean Ronaldo asked me why I put out so many on so many different uh, labels, and I said, well. I gotta hustle, like.
1: Yeah, and if your output is <laughs> high. I'm not gonna wait
0: two years until that label's ready to accept me back. And most of these labels are small; they don't have money, and they can't keep releasing me. So, and then that's just why I started Fever AM.
1: Yeah, which we were going to talk da, about, da, well, So, <laughs> when did that's your label, Fever AM? Uh, when did that start?
0: I don't know why we started oh I know why we started Fever AM <laughs> because of the necessity I was right. like I can't keep waiting on labels I want to p- put music out and like move on and make more stuff and uh, and uh, me and Alex Alex started uh, from Casagrain started his solo project and he was in a very similar place so I was like let's make something that we can both just freely put our records out without all the other conditions that you have to face when you're talking to labels like do they like these tracks when do they have space in their right. schedule um blah da, da, da. and i was like um artwork all these vari- variables and i was like i don't want to do this anymore i feel like it's holding me back and I, and i was like so it came out of that and then i was like and it would be really cool to create a world of like releasing other people's music because when i started doing the parties and booking people i realized that i get a lot of um. Uh, uh, satisfaction from releasing other people's music, uh, um, uh, supporting other people's output. Yeah, it's so rewarding. It's like you're just so excited that someone else is getting like being like being like uh, respected and appreciated. So it's so rewarding pushing other people's music. I I mean you know this.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've it's, spent my I spent my life doing this. I really this.
0: <laughs> highly recommend it. It's like. You feel like you're part of something, but you're not in the front of it as much, like, sometimes, like, you're not in the front of it, meaning, like, it's not, you're, you're, like, helping other people. That's just great. Yeah. It's cool. lovely.
1: So far, the label has been, you You haven't had outside artists yet? No,
0: because it's hard to get people to release on your label. Most of them are already, want to release with friends. Yeah. And the friends that we have are generally already, like, kind of have things going for right. them. So we want to bring somewhat newer talent, you know, not like keep releasing people that already, you already know.
1: It's a, Yeah, I mean, that's as you were saying, it's rewarding. <laughs> I think it's even more rewarding when you can discover you're you're introducing somebody's music to the world. And, yeah. you know, nobody really knows, knows yet,
0: or somewhat knows or they didn't get the recognition yet. Yeah. Also, we're not really that big of, of DJs yet. Or I don't know, like we're just people are not like, you know. If you're a big DJ, like yeah, take my music. But if you're like just morally on and you're kind of just starting to, they're not that inclined to give you music. You right. Know? I'll be honest. Like I tried, and they're like, mm. and I'm like okay, well I tried. You know. Yeah. So I I, tr- I get I gather some courage and I ask, and then you know some say some are real, and I think it'll change. It will yeah. change if the label builds. No one has it easy early on. No. Unless you're really established it up already, like really established, which I'm not yeah. yet. Hopefully you're building. I hope so, or else what the hell am I doing here?
1: Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: standing, stepping into one yeah. place forever is so depressing.
1: <laughs> okay, one more topic before we get back into the mix. Yeah, well, we I told to you th- I talk a lot. I know you. You're, you're delivering big time. Yeah. You're, you. You. You weren't lying. Um, we wanted I want to talk about your you have a jewelry line.
0: Yeah, because I'm all about cross promotion.
1: Yeah <laughs> <laughs> So what is what is your jewelry line? Uh, what is this all about? And just give us the basic
0: um, Oh and I, Just before we move on I want to say that sure. the next release is from Gacha Bakratz, Bakratz, um uh Who's this beautiful? Um, artist from Tbilisi that I've been talking to for years and he released on RNS and other labels like Delson, I believe. Um, but he put out, he made this a new batch of music that was different. And uh, he just sent it to me, and I said I played it to Alex, and we were like, "Wow, this is perfectly Fever AM." So that's coming out next month. Oh, cool. That's the first artist that's not me or Alex. And then after that, we have some other plans with other people. So it is building. So I just right. wanted to wrap that up. Okay. And also, you know, do the promotion thing because you know you have to do it. But um, the jewelry line is something I started because my whole family is in fashion. So my whole life, I wanted to do music, but I also was really into design and stuff like that in and fashion. And, um, and I felt like I always had this idea in my head that like, it's something that I need to be part of as well. And uh, when I started, ma- I started making some jewelry pieces and everything started um, going really quickly. And I was like, okay, well, I guess it's meant to be because it's like really kind of escalating, uh, moving, uh, like, kind of not effortlessly, but like it's moving. So it means that you're meant to do it. That's my vision, uh, my outlook on life. If something is kind of moving, yeah, then you're meant to do it. Or like there is some kind of effortlessness. Things are just kind of coming to you.
1: Feels like things are happening yeah, as exactly. they should. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know exactly so, what you mean.
0: So I just went with it and it just kind of was like, I don't know. I just knew what to do. I just felt like it was in me and I knew what to do so um, I just went into it and it started perpetuating and I love doing it and it, it really is my friend because music has, hasn't been always lucrative in any way so I've always had this um, to help me and I always I don't think I'll ever stop doing it to be honest or other things like I'm, you know I grew up with a mother that was really struggling like financially Right. Um. So my outlook at life is that you gotta hustle, 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 and have as many um things bringing income. And the the more you have multiple sources of income, <laughs> the be- the better you'll be. So it could be multiple things in music, but you know, I think it's a good it's a good thing for people that are doing music is not to put all their eggs in one basket. And I think it takes the pressure off as well with your creativity. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people like make it the end-all be-all to be like a full-time touring DJ but to be honest it's pretty exhausting
1: yeah no I see this and I think about this a lot and I'm often yeah. telling people like have you ever thought about getting a job? another job that's yeah. not DJing because yeah. it'll really it yeah. might actually help your DJing and your art to so much to take a little bit of the pressure off and making your money from other. this your your art your music
0: mm. and it's also nice to have like a normal life where you function with the rest of society where you wake up and you do stuff and you it's not always obsessing about this and the music and it's frustrating and I don't have gigs this month or I have yeah. less or I have more you know it's like it's just it's so healthy and I really think uh, especially now that there's so many DJs it's harder it's not it's it's not like you put a few records out and boom you're like it's only a few lucky ones and we'll I don't even know if they're lucky to be honest <laughs> we'll do it but I don't know, it can touring is lovely, I love it, but to do it all the time is can be really like physically and emotionally draining. Yeah. So you have to be really choosy and keep enjoying what you're doing and not do it to kinda sustain yourself or, you know, have this idea of success in your head and Yeah. That's if you the- wanna do it eight times a month or twenty, then do it. But
1: I don't know how you're
0: alive. Yeah, it's pretty (laughs) exhausting. Um,
1: So what's the the name of the jewelry line? So you can at least shout that out before we get... Oh, it's called Myrrh.
0: M-Y-R-R-H, which is what my name means in Hebrew. It's like frankincense and myrrh. Right. Like the incense. Yeah, of course. So I'm like Incense. Cool um, <laughs> I don't like the smell of it though
1: Well before we get back into the mix Is there Should we shut out the gigs The US gigs this weekend You're- Oh
0: yeah Yeah That's important um, Well I'm playing tomorrow for Sonar and Life and Death Which I'm really really excited about um, it, I'm, Yeah it's like a huge lineup And um, yeah I'm not nervous at all <laughs> And I'm playing uh the Pickle in Miami for the second time and probably the last. So, yeah, they're closing um, soon, right? Yeah, they're closing. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm sure people are going to come out more now. Like everyone's going to come out because it's closing. So I think it's probably like this big fin- grand finale feeling there. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. <coughs> and um, next week I have uh, Toronto. I never, I've never i been to Canada once. I have played in Calgary. I've never been to Toronto or Montreal or, or Vancouver. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and I'm playing uh, with Anthony uh, Par- Parasol. Mm-hmm. I think it's Toronto with Anthony. Yeah. And then I'm playing on Saturday in Washington D.C. with Carrie Chandler. And I'm looking forward to putting my fingers up.
1: That's like a very diverse in front of the White House. Diverse Carrie Chandler, Anthony, Life and Death. It's like a I know. Got a lot going on here.
0: Oh yeah, 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 I mean it's a it's a it's a mishmash, right? Yeah. I'm a crossover artist. <laughs> no, I don't know. They just, I don't know. They probably don't know where to put me. <laughs> I think that's the problem with me. No one really knows what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. All right. <laughs> no, I mean, I she do. doesn't know what she's doing. No, no, I only do like five steps ahead. I don't, I don't really, I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, yeah, this is what I'm doing now, but it's, I don't know. Like, I know what I'm doing, but I don't really know what I'm doing. Okay. With that, <laughs> we've,
1: got f- we've got. Wow,
0: really shot myself in the leg. <laughs> we've
1: got forty minutes left. Should we get back into the mix? Do you want to say anything about what you're gonna play? Oh yeah, but DJ I
0: forgot. Yeah, I want to shout out DJ Joe Hazan <laughs> for this bed mix. <laughs> it's like you got a hidden. T- so the technician, I send him music and he made a mix and it's great. <laughs> it's like, and I was like, I should make one and you should make one and see who did it better. I think Joe won. Joe, you won. Shalom.
1: Okay, so we're going to get back into the mix here with more Eliane. Yeah. We've got about 40 minutes left. you are listening to The Bunker, New York on (laughs) Red Bull Radio. You're
3: listening to Red Bull Radio.
1: are listening to the bunker new york on red bull radio we've been in the mix with more elian and we just have a few minutes left here so thank you for listening and we'll be back in two weeks you're listening to the bunker new york on red bull radio